So have you ever gone to a place that had a dress code? Like maybe it's a restaurant that has a dress code. Anybody ever been to a place where you have a dress code? Our job that has a dress code? Uh, when I was a kid, I went to a, a Christian school, uh, Christian Heritage, and I was there for four years, and we had a dress code. You had to wear ch uh, church shoes, you know, some, some kind of, we had to wear khakis, or we had to wear slacks, you had to wear a, a button-down shirt or a, or a polo shirt, and on, when you, if you're playing basketball, boys, you wore a tie. Okay, every day that there was basketball games, and when we had chapel, you wore a tie. Girls were stuck wearing dresses, at least during chapel. I think the rest of the time it was off. You know, uh, it, was, it was good for me, you know, but it's not something that most people would get excited about. If all of a sudden we said, we're going to have a dress code in church today, how many people here would say, yay, that's a great idea? I guarantee, well, I think everybody would say it's a great idea as long as your dress code fit my dress code, right? It's to fit comfortably. You know, so I started thinking about a couple people in here, and I know this isn't exactly accurate, but I thought about Darren. And I thought about, this is more of Darren's dress code. Like, every Sunday, you got the cowboy boots, and you got the jeans, and you got that button-down shirt. I don't think I've ever seen Darren's, even his forearms, before. And I've been here for six years. I've never seen that. But this would be a dress code I think Darren would be happy with. Now think about this other character. Anybody know who this is? Noah. Noah. This is Noah's dress code. He said, if we came to church wearing hoodies, I would be happy. I mean, it, it, whenever Noah's wearing something beside a hoodie, it's because dad made him put on something else besides the hoodie. Otherwise, this would be Noah's dress code, which obviously he couldn't do this right now unless he had that big back black boot up in the air, too, that went along with this. So we don't thankfully have dress codes in church. And we, we all would dress differently, but there is, we're going to be talking about dress codes today that we should all agree on. And we're going to be looking at this as the dress code of the old man and the dress code of the new man. So what I was before Jesus and what I am after Jesus has come into my life. So, first of all, the old man, uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 through 19. So Paul says, So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continuous lust for more. The old man. Now the, the word old... You know, is sometimes an attractive word. You think about kids who say, now I'm old enough to drive a car. I'm old enough to move out. Mom and dad says, yes, you are old enough to move out. Right? That word old can be something that we look forward to. I'm old enough to buy a gun. I'm old enough to purchase that, whatever it is that comes to mind when you are old enough. You think about antiques. The older, the better. It doesn't matter what it is. It somehow increases in value just because it's old. And sometimes the word old is not such a hot word. You think about, I'm old enough now. I'm old enough to have gray hair or no hair. I'm old enough that if I went through what Noah did, because I run up and down these stairs all the time too. I should learn a lesson. But if, if I'm old enough that it would take me probably twice as long to recover as it did, it's going to take Noah to recover. 
But this word old that we're going to be talking about as the old man, I've already said it. Um, it's, it's not a good thing. It's bad. It's not acceptable. This is what my life was like before Jesus. That is considered the old man. And Paul says... I insist that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. Well, Paul was a Jew. Uh, the, there, there are two pretty much two nationalities, the Jew or you were a Gentile. So is, is Paul slamming these guys and say, hey, I know that you're a Gentile, but now you have to live like I do? This has nothing to do with nationality. This has, this has, the, has to do with the fact that when they're talking about the Gentile nation, they're talking about the unbelieving world out there that does not worship the one true God. And, and Paul is saying, do not live as the Gentiles do anymore. Now, why do you think Paul would say these words? Haven't we had it grounded into our brains that Paul is writing to churches? full of people who are Christians, who have put their faith in Jesus. This, the first verse of the book says, to the saints in Christ Jesus. We saw the definition is one who has trusted Christ as Savior and is set aside for the whole purpose of God. Why would Paul be writing to them and saying, you must no longer live like the old man? Well, again, I can think of two reasons. One is that there were people living like the old man. There were people who were still saying, hey, I've got Jesus, but everything that I do is showing something different. So Paul, it could be a rebuke for some people. But it also could be a reminder for those who are already trying to live like the new man to keep going. Yes, you're still struggling. No one's going to reach this point of perfection. But you need to continue to try to live like the new man. And Paul says... In a sense, make perfection your goal. You're not going to reach it, but make it your goal. Now, Scott, I'm going to put you on the spot right here. When your kids are playing basketball, are they going to make every single free throw they shoot? No. But do you want them to try and give it a 100% effort to make every free throw they make? Nicole, you've got kids in class. Are they going to get 100% on every single test that they take? Do you want them to try to get 100% effort on every single Yes. Okay, and the same goes with the Christian faith. We are not going to make it perfectly, but that doesn't mean we don't try. We make it our goal to live as much like Jesus as possible, so when he calls us home, it's no big change. So Paul says, let me back this up here a second. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. So in other words, from this point on. Okay, so here's a, a fun exercise. Not really, but everybody, I want, you, I want you to tell me what time is it. You can get out your phone, your watch. You can look on the clock in the back of the room. So please yell out to me what time is it. 1126. Is that what I heard? 11.22. Okay. So we're going to write down here 11.22. And if I remember, I'm going to come back to this later. Okay. So from this point on, it is a 11.22. How old are you? I'm 44. Okay. So you know how old you are. Where are you? Okay. You know where you're at. First Baptist Church in Plevna. What month are you in? January, what's the date? 
It's the 15th. So, January 15th in Plovna, Montana, <laughs> Plovna, Montana, 1122. From this point on, no longer live as the Gentiles do. No longer live like the old man from 1122 today moving forward. There's, there is no last fling with sin. There is no putting this off till tomorrow. We are starting right now. It doesn't matter what yesterday consisted of. It doesn't matter what we were hoping to do. From this point on, make it your goal to live like the new man. And what does this old man look like? Well, Paul gives three different characteristics or qualities of the old man. The first one is that he has futile thinking. You know, you think about the body is the, the brain is the control center of the body. Whatever the brain says to do, the body is going to follow. And they have futile thinking. It means perverseness or deprivation. You know, the world lives with a hopeless mindset. And even, so we're set with negatively. You know, what does the world say? Eat, drink, and be merry. Seek all the pleasures of this day because I don't even know if tomorrow is going to come. So we can easily say, yeah, the world's got it screwed up in a negative way of how they're thinking. But the world we look at, there's a lot of positives in the world. The world has goals. The world has drives. It has purpose. Uh, and the world does a lot to benefit other people. You know, we have actors that entertain. We have athletes like the Jaguars last night that were entertaining compared to the, the Seahawks who were, who cares what they were. But we have, at, we have athletes that are amazing. We have ranchers that provide beef, right, for the good. We have egg farmer or egg farmers, right, that provide eggs. We have doctors who do amazing miracles. And so there's a lot of good things that the world does, but apart from Jesus, that amounts to nothing. Yes, it keeps the world going, but it does absolutely nothing for that person without that relationship with Jesus. Yes, they get a few memories. Yes, they get a few dollars in the bank. Maybe that pat on the back, but that's it. You don't get a free trip to heaven because you saved somebody's life, medically speaking. You don't get rewards in heaven just because you came back from 27 points down to win 31-30 at a, in a playoff game. Those are great, but the world without Jesus has futile thinking. And Paul says, look guys, that's how they were. That's all the hope they can hope for. Don't live your lives like that. The second one says they have hardened hearts says they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. The NASB says calloused. Anybody here ever have a callous? You get it on your ankle or if you get new boots, wearing gloves, if you actually get out there and work. I got, I got the most baby soft girlish hands. I mean, I, I know there's women out there who have tough hands. These are weenie I'm, uh, hands when it comes to it. So if I was to get a shovel and I was to work the ground with that, I'd probably very quickly would start developing a blister. And then if I keep working and working, I, I develop that hard outer core or source to protect my hand with a callus. You know, you think about your spiritual heart. It's, it's sensitive. It's soft. It's, moldable, it's, it's a good thing. It's, 
uh, when, you, when you hear you're doing something wrong, it, it hopefully more immediately says, okay, I, I feel bad about that. But the more you say no to that, it, it rubs that spot sore, but then it starts to develop a callus so that you don't feel anything at all. Uh, in 1 Timothy 4.2, it talks about people whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. So everything that's against what God wants, I can do that without any problem because that that barrier, that callus is keeping the Holy Spirit or keeping that my conscience from bothering me anymore. He says that's what the world's hardest heart is like. It is it is callous, it is hardened. It's through the repetition of sin that leads to the conscience not feeling anything at all. Number three, the world is captivated, or I mean the world is captivated by the sin. It says, having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continuous lust for more. Never satisfied, being captivated by the world. They, you know, the world, because it's lost sensitivity, I can do whatever I want now. I don't have to feel bad because I've already seared my conscience. Anything uh, that comes in, I can do because I don't feel like anything's wrong. And if you just keep saying no, that's what's going to happen. And the world actually invents ways of doing evil. It takes something good and makes it bad. I remember being in high school, and I'm not going to say this word because I don't want to conjure up anything, but I was in high school in Homec. No, I didn't cook, but I was in Homec, and uh, a friend of mine asked me, what does this word mean? I gave him the good, honest answer of what this word was, and he says, no, that's not what it is, and he says, here's what it was. And there was this Christian girl that was dating this guy. It was She was embarrassed for me because she knew both sides of this, but it, you can take anything good and make it bad, and that's what happened with this, world, or with this word because the world just invents ways of being naughty. You take something good and you make it bad. The world has this attitude of, if I want it, I'm going to take it. Uh, if I want to stay out of trouble, I'm just going to lie. If I don't, if I want to pass the class, I really don't want to do my homework, I'm going to cheat. Uh, if I want revenge, I'm going to get it. Right? And the world just keeps, you just keep doing this thing and it gets to where it doesn't bother you. You know, you think about the person who, the first time they, they steal candy, you know, they steal something small and they're like all freaked out like who's watching and then it gets to be where blatantly I can do this and I don't even care who's watching because it's no longer wrong I've just uh, come up with reasoning and excuses why I don't care I can rationalize my sin and that's what the world does and this is who Paul's saying, you no longer live like that. This is what they did. You know, you have something better. Don't be chasing after them. Be, be chasing after the new life that God has given you that's going to give you eternal life. But it's hard. You know, the, there's, there's a lot of people out there who say, and we, we see examples of this, where someone says, I'm a Christian. And they do absolutely everything that the world does. They say, I've got my fire insurance. When I die, I'm going to heaven. And that's enough. I, I, I said those words. I got baptized. I did whatever some preacher told me to do. So I'm going to have eternal life. And Paul says, don't do that. Our scripture reading. Uh, first, first Peter chapter 4, verse 3. Peter says these same words. He says, You have spent enough time in the past doing what the pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgy, crowsing, and detestable idolatry. You've spent enough time 
doing those kinds of things. You enjoyed it. You got away with it. But from this point on, from 11-22, January 15th in Plevna, Montana, no more. Do not live that way anymore. We're going to go the opposite direction and live like the new man. So the new man, if you notice, the new man looks exactly like the old man. Right? He's got the same boring picture. There's not even any color involved in it. Because the same man means that you still have the same body. I didn't, once I got saved, I didn't get bigger muscles. I didn't get a new change of clothes. I obviously didn't get any hair. Right? I am still the same physical person that I was. So you're going to stay, stay physically the same, but there should be this outward difference that people see. So, uh, the new man, chapter 4, verses 20 to 24. He says, You all, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new man, the new self, created to be like God into righteousness and holiness. How many times have you went to the store and you're looking for a product and all of a sudden it doesn't look the same as it used to? They say this is a, a new, uh, new look with the same great taste. Anybody ever go for a box of crackers or uh, this was an example that I came up with. 7-Up. Now I was not alive in 1961. So I don't know if 7-Up tastes the same in 1961 as it does in 2022. Does any, can anybody prove me wrong? More than likely, their idea is that we like the product that's on the inside. We like what 7-Up tastes like. We like the, the color of the fizz, everything. But we want to change the can because we want to attract new people. You make it, you make it more, keep people guessing and uh, new, it will catch somebody else's eye if it looks differently. So I, I think that's probably the reasoning behind this. They're trying to attract new customers. But this is not what it is like for the new man. We are not just the same people on the inside with all of a sudden a new exterior. With all of a sudden, now I, I got the same attitudes, the same motives, the same sentence tendencies, but I'm going to look different. You know, instead of wearing uh, tennis shoes, now I'm wearing cowboy boots. Instead of wearing slacks, now I'm wearing jeans. And now I'm going to wear a suit coat, right? We're not changing that exterior and saying, I'm a new man like the, the pop can. What needs to happen is something drastic. Like, instead of having 7-Up in the middle, you need to have chocolate milk. Or you need to have root beer. Or you need to have Coke. You need to have something that's completely different on the inside to, to match what's happening on the outside. Because we are a new creation. We are something completely brand new than we were before. And Paul reminds me, he says, you guys didn't come to know Christ that way. As those people who said, I'm going to keep living in the same, the same lifestyle that I have been living. You came to know Christ where there is supposed to be a change and there's supposed to be a difference. You know, there's enough people in the world who try to, to make their exterior look good. They're like, I really don't want to change what's on the inside. I like what's on the inside. And so they try to go through the motions. They say, I'm going to church now. I'm changing the way I dress. I'm changing the activities that I'm involved in. I'm helping in a wana or a Bible study or things like that. Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 to 23. There were people who were doing this 
that looked good on the, the earth side of things, but when you got to heaven, it was not the same. Jesus says these words, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father in heaven. People are saying the right words. They're looking good on the exterior. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles. We did all these things. We, we were looking good on the outside. Our can, our dress code on the outside was looking different. He, then he says in verse 23, then I will tell, you, tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. Because there was no change on the inside. They were not a new man on the inside. They did not have that relationship with Jesus on the inside. And by the time they got to heaven, it was too late to do anything about it. It was just superficial. Uh, in the next couple verses, we're going to see this is how you were taught. You were taught something differently. and You were taught something differently here too. Three different things. One is to put off the old self. Put it off. Get rid of it. Flee. Abandon. Get rid of. Now, if you were to, to everybody's dressed here, and I want you to picture yourself someplace, probably, probably private, okay? Or, uh, and, and you all of a sudden find yourself covered in fire. You're like, what are you going to do with your clothes? I'm going to put this thing, I'm ripping this thing off as fast as I can, and I'm getting rid of it. Or I was out in the field, bucking bells, riding my horse, whatever, and I come in and I realize i got a bunch of ticks all over me. What am I going to do? Am I going to act like the little kid that has to go to bed that doesn't want to go to bed? I'm laying on the bed and mom and dad are trying to fight with you to get your clothes off. And it's a struggle to finally say, fine, go to bed with your clothes on. Right? Well, we're, we're taking off the old self. It's not like I don't want to go to bed and I don't want to take a bath. Where I'm taking as long as possible. We're doing it like we are on fire or we are covered in gasoline. And we see that line of fire coming right towards us. As fast as I can, I'm ripping these clothes off. That's how fast we need to be getting rid of the old man. It's like we're getting rid of this set of clothes that we do not want to have on us anymore. But you know what? It is a difficult thing to get rid of that old set of clothes because they fit comfortably. It comes naturally. Whatever I do with my, that old set of clothes on is what I am used to doing. You know, I think about... Um, Little Claire, I, I've mentioned this before, but when the one time when she was here, she just gave me this hug, and it was like the greatest hug I've had for eons from a little kid. And I thought, man, this is just this is why I love little kids. But I also had to think, was you know what? As cute as she is, no offense, Grandma, Grandpa, as cute as she is, no one's gonna have to teach her to lie. No one had to teach me to lie. No one's going to have to teach her to take something that doesn't belong to her. No one had to teach me that. No one's going to have to teach me to, to throw a temper tantrum. It just comes naturally. It's just everything that I want to do, I already do. It's just natural. Paul says in Romans chapter 7 how it's a struggle. Um, the, thing, the good things that I want to do, I don't do. The things that I don't want to do, I do. Why? Because it just comes natural. So it's hard to get rid of those clothes. It's hard to get rid of that uh, old man. In John chapter 15, verse 19, we find that living in that, with that old, as that old man with that old set of clothes on is acceptable. So you have people who are on your side if you're doing that. John 15, verse 19 says, If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. 
The world doesn't care that you are living exactly like the world does. You have that old man on, that old set of clothes. You are going to be accepted by the world. People are going to be your friends when you find out that it's not acceptable if you're going to put off the old self. It says, as it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of this world. That is why the world hates you. If you put on that new set of clothes and you, you wear those clothes consistently, the world is not going to like you. And, you know, uh, anybody here says, I'm going to wait a day? Too late. We already decided, 11.22 in Plevna, we are going from this point on uh, to put on this new set of clothing and no longer live in that past world. But you know what? It is really difficult. When I come to church, it's easy. I put on this set of clothes and everybody agrees with me. But I've already mentioned last week, you are the ones who have to go into the real world. If I go out there looking with a, this set of clothes on, everybody goes, oh yeah, of course you're supposed to. You're the pastor. I mean, if, if I can get that close to people. But if you guys go out there in that world and you say, I'm going to wear this set of clothes, I'm going to live like this new man, and you haven't done that before, people are going to realize they don't like you as much as they used to. They're going to stay away from you. They're not going to want to have that close connection like they did before, unless they also have that new set of clothes on. But I guarantee you, you're going to be coming across people who are still wearing that old set of clothes. So I want to encourage you, you put those set of clothes on, and you, you put them on like you can't get them off. These are, these are like on me, and they're never coming off, that kind of set of clothes. But So Jesus taught, or, or I'm sorry, Paul was teaching, you've got to take off that old set of clothes as fast as you can, as quickly, as far as you can, destroy it as much as possible. Number two, he says, you've got to change your mindset. Verse 23, he says, to be made new in the attitude of your mind. Our mind is the control center for our actions. Whatever goes in here is what's going to come out in my body. And it's not changing your mindset like a new resolution, which I'm glad I didn't make. Because what I was trying to do, I did not keep. <laughs> it's not like, okay, it's a new day, it's a new year, I'm going to try harder. It's not that kind of mindset. That is a good mindset. It works for some people uh, for certain things, but it's not that kind of mindset. It's changing what goes into your mind that's going to affect your actions. You change your mind by changing what the input is. You're, you're spending time reading God's Word. You're putting time studying God's Word. All that comes in, and it, there's not, it kind of pushes out that evil. That good takes that spot. It pushes the evil out. It changes your mindset, which allows for the third one to put on the new self. What does it look like? What does it mean? It says to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Righteousness is right living. You know, if you, if you put on that new self because you've changed your mindset, because you've gotten rid of that old self, you're going to start living a life with integrity, purity of life, correctness in feeling and thinking and actions. It's going to come out every which way. Your wife is going to notice it. Your, your long lost friend you see in the summertime is going to notice it. Your classmates are going to notice this. If this is something new, you cannot hide this. It is a big difference. People who have that change of clothes, who, uh, who are walking in that new man, are going to love you. People who are not are going to hate you. If you live a godly life, you are going to be persecuted. There is no sitting on the fence. You've got to pick that new man and get rid of the old man.
And this is a daily choice. It's a daily decision, which makes it easy today. It makes it hard tomorrow. You know, a lot of people try to live with one foot in this world and one foot in the next. But Jesus deserves both feet on this side. And the new man, Ephesians chapter 4, I mean chapter 2, verses 4 through 5. It says, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions and sins. It is by grace you have been saved. What is the old man gaining? Death, hell, separation from God, uh, wrath. That's what the old man is going to get that we say, wow, that looks so tempting. I want to do that too. He says, get your focus off of that. Don't look at that and say, I wish I could do that. That's not fair. You focus on what it is that God did for you. The first half of the book, how much God loves you. When you're feeling like I'm home bored and I, I wish I could go out and do what they did, start reading that. Say, man, God really does love me. Help me to live for him. Based off of that, in the second half of the book, it kind of shows what that looks like. When you become a new creation, when you, you become that new man, it's really no longer you calling the shots. It's you've been crucified with Christ. You no longer live. It's supposed to be Christ living in you. The life you live in the body, you live by faith in the Son of God who loved you and gave himself for you. And that's, that's the way it's supposed to work. But it's a daily choice. None of us are going to make it perfectly, but that should be our goal. That should be our standard. So ask yourself, you know, today we don't have a dress code. You know, thankfully we don't have one. We would never agree on one. We'd probably split the church in 14 different directions if we tried to do it because there are so many different styles of dress that we can come up with. So we don't have to look physically the same in our dress code, but we should look spiritually the same. We should all be walking in the new man. Maybe to different degrees, different levels, but we should all be looking mostly the same in how we're living like the new man. So ask yourself, am I living a life worthy of the gospel I have received? I'm gaining eternal life. Uh, do I, or do I look the same as the world? If I was to go and I had to pick between two groups of people, uh, just spur of the moment, who, who's going to accept me more? Who's going to think I fit in more? That's going to be a choice you're going to have to know. My friends at school who, who obviously don't love the Lord even though they say it, or my, my, my friends at church, or my, my family, or a body of believers that uh, does love the Lord. Who, who's going to say you fit in better with which one? So are you living a life worthy of the gospel you have received? And if you're not, if you find yourself falling short, which you will do, I will do, is to remind yourself to live like a brand new man. To not pursue that, to not want that, to make the choice to say, I'm going to live for Jesus in the situation instead of the way the world's living. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your grace. You know, I, I know that I was headed on the road to hell because of my sin, because of my disobedience to you and my lack of faith and trust in you for salvation i thank you god that you gave me eternal life through through faith in you god i know that i am not perfect and i'm i know that people in here aren't perfect either but i just pray that today since 11:22, god we wouldn't forget that we'd be reminded of uh that we were the old man, that we lived like the old man, that from this point on, we are not going to live like the old man anymore. We need your help, God. This is a, a very difficult task. It's a very difficult 
clothes of, uh, a set of clothes to wear. And I just pray that you would help us to, to put them on and live them proudly and just to do better today than we've ever done before. Not because we're trying to earn heaven, but because we're, we're doing it uh, as what you called us to do because of the love and the grace that you have for us. I just pray for your help to do this, to live like a, a brand new man. In Jesus' name, amen.